Welcome to the Financial Coaches Podcast, where we talk about how to build your practice from startup to scale up while being the kind of coach your clients crave. Finally, a podcast for financial coaches. Here are your hosts, Maria Casillas and Cody Sizemore. All righty, welcome back to the, the Financial Coaches Podcast. The one, the only. My name is Cody. <laughs> yeah, the one, the only Financial Coaches Podcast. I'm Cody. I'm joined by Maria, as always. And today, we are going to be talking about how to structure your business's income and cash flow and all that kind of and stuff. And why. Uh, and, and why, Yes. Uh, and something just to preface on it, there's no like exact formula that works for everybody. Really what, what matters is that you do what works best for mm -hmm. you. Um, we will be sharing what we personally do um, and you know what, how it works for us and if we're kind of looking to change it in any ways. And hopefully it helps give you a little bit of guidance if you're looking for it, or maybe even some different different uh, different perspectives as well. So yeah, yeah, this will be interesting. Um, it it's going to be tough in some ways to verbalize some of what we're talking about because there are so many small details to some of this. Uh, so if you're not driving somewhere, feel free to you know take out a piece of paper and a pencil and jot some notes down. If you're driving, don't do that, please. Uh, but we are going to. I'm sure we're going to touch on this later on as well, because it really is such a foundational part of any coaching business. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about what I do or how it started. And I'll tell you the truth. It didn't even start with coaching for me. I've made mention in the past on, on past episodes that I used to be in a direct sales company and about for about 10 years. And in that direct sales company, there was like nothing about actual business. And I don't know if any of you have ever been part of like network marketing or direct sales, but there is a ton of training on how to sell. And there's like no training on how to actually structure and manage your money within that business. And so one of the things that I found that was really, really helpful for other people was when I started taking all of the principles and stuff that we're doing in our personal finance and I started applying them to my business. And then I thought, well, that makes a lot of sense, but there's nothing like QuickBooks or anything like that that would be good for this direct sales business. And so I actually sat down with a person who's really, really good at Excel because I'm not good at Excel, uh, but I have a lot of ideas, right? So I'm the idea person and he was the person who was able to actually implement those ideas for me. And I said, here's what I want. And I had him create this entire thing that's way more than a spreadsheet. Uh, it's not as... It's not as intricate as QuickBooks, so you can't really use it necessarily as a tax thing. And sometimes I just describe it as a bona fide uh, checkbook register in a way. Um, but it was really cool because what it allowed the people, myself and the people I was training to do was work intentionally and proactively. So in the direct sales industry, there was such a focus on the sales number and zero focus on an income number. So if somebody said that they wanted to make $100 a month, that means they would have to sell $400 a month if it was a 25% commission. You follow me with that? Well, what happened yep. psychologically was they would focus very strongly on the $400 sales number. And let's say they get to the end of the month and they have sold $300. If you think about it, they've made 75. So they're really only $25 shy of their income goal, right? 
but they are so focused on the sales goal that they say, well, I'm actually a hundred dollars shy of my goal. And a lot of times, instead of just selling that, they will buy the hundred dollars. So they actually spend $75 on a hundred dollar sale. And now instead of being $25 shy of their income goal, now they're a full hundred dollars shy of their income goal. You see how that that tiny switch happened in our brain at that time. And it was really, really messing with people. So this concept that I created, and yes, I like to believe I created it, uh, was to be intentional with our earnings before we even decided what to do with them, before they even came in. And so I set this thing up. I was teaching people all of this. And then when I started my coaching business, I'm like, well, duh, why don't I just do the same concept with my coaching business? So I started doing all of that, structuring in a way where the income would come in and I would assign a certain percentage to different categories before I even had it. And then I would have the money there to spend. It's, it, it was similar to sinking funds, if you will. And and then I had the ability to track all of those expenses at the end of the year so I could hand it to my tax man and say, here's what, here's what it was. Well, then, I don't know, maybe a year or two after doing that, I picked up a book called Profit First. And I read this book and I I was inspired and frustrated all at the same time because I'm like, this guy is doing exactly the same stuff that I was doing, only he decided to market it and make lots and lots of money on it. So um, I, I didn't. And so now now we talk moved about, first. what's that? <laughs> moved on at first. That's all Yes, it is. he moved on at first. He took action a lot faster than I did. He knew how to market <laughs> it, whatever. I, it, it's funny because it did a couple of things. It reminded me that not only do we have ideas that we should be willing to share? But also that that idea wasn't just his idea. It's not a unique concept, right? And so a lot of the things that we do are not actually unique. We just have those unique spins on them. And so that's why when Cody said at the beginning of this episode that you, there is no one way that's going to work for everybody. We just want to provide some foundational things for you to think about, and then you can spin those and tweak them in any way that's going to work best for you. So uh, I obviously referenced the book Profit First. It's by Mike Michalowicz. We can put a link for that in the show notes. Uh, but I still want you to realize that we're, it's not like we are endorsing that as the only way to do something. So some of the things that are in that book and in that concept, before I go there, Cody, have you read that book? I'm reading it. You're in the process of reading it. It was on your reading list for the yep. year. Okay, fantastic. So yep. so some of this might be new. Two. What's that? I'm on chapter two. Okay, so, this, so a lot of this might be new. Yep. Okay, uh, but yep. like I said, the concepts in there are not super unique. So you're probably gonna be like, oh yeah, I already do that a little bit. Uh, but the, mm -hmm. some of the biggest tenants that, that he presents are one, that behaviorally we act a certain way with money. Right. A lot of times people will like if they're in a habit of opening their um, their bank account and saying, oh, I have X amount of dollars in there. As long as I don't spend more than X amount of dollars, I'm good. And that's a very, very common behavior that we have as human beings. And it's not one that serves us super well because it's very reactive in, in spending and saving and not proactive. So one of the primary tenants that we want you to just hear from us today, you guys, is to be proactive. Decide ahead of time what you're going to do with your money that you bring in with your business so that you don't have to be reactive. Another thing that's really important is to have the concept of putting yourself first. Now, I've talked about this on this program before. I know we've talked about paying yourself first, right? 
And mm-hmm. he talks about profit first. And the reason that he talks about that is because very much like paying ourselves, we tend to put profit last. The way that the typical accounting goes for businesses is that you bring a certain amount of money in, you pay off all of your expenses, and then whatever's left is considered the profit. Well, what he and I and now many other people do is reverse that process. We decide ahead of time that we want to be profitable. So we practice being profitable before we even start, really. And the way that we do that is very much like we talked about before, paying yourself first. You put money aside for profit first. So you maybe decide on 1%, 5%, 10% of everything that you have come in you specifically put that aside as profit for yourself. We've talked before about that toothpaste analogy where you can use, you, you can, if you have 100% of your toothpaste, you're going to use more of the toothpaste. And then as you get to the end of that tube, you're like twisting yeah. and you can do everything. I mean, the amount of things that you can get out of that toothpaste tube are amazing. Uh, and, and you learn to use what you have. That's a human thing. So if we're going to use what we have, then it's okay to put the money aside for profit now and you're going to live off of the other 90%, 50%, you know, whatever that number is for yourself. So so that's another thing. And then the last thing that I want to say before I let Cody talk <laughs> is that we want to use percentages instead of actual numbers because percentages are sustainable, flat amounts are not as sustainable because our businesses are not at least for a while, super consistent in income. And so we want to make sure that we are not saying, well, I'm going to put aside, you know, $1,000 for operating expenses and $2,000 a month for me to take home and your business is only generating $1,000 a month. That's going to be really hard to maintain, right? So, or your business generates a million dollars that year, you probably are able to put more than $1,000 into operating expenses and $2,000 into paying yourself. So it goes both ways, high and low. All right, I'm going to take a breath and let Cody jump in here. What what would you like to add at, at this moment, Cody? Any questions, anything you want to add? Um, really, I, I was listening to everything that you had said. And like like I kind of said before, um, I'm currently reading that, that book, Profit First, mm-hmm. um, so I don't really know what to expect. I've heard a lot about it and I'm really just reading it because I just want to make sure that I'm doing things either correctly or the best way. Um, and if I'm not, you know, if there's a way to kind of fine tune it and get it better, yeah. you know, why don't you tell us a so little bit I'll, about what you do now and I can let you know how it compares with profit first. Yeah. Yep. So what I currently do now is very similar to what you were kind of saying, especially with the last point. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, you know, I predetermine what happens with the income before it actually comes in, and I use percentages as well. Okay. Um, so just full full transparency. So what I do is I set aside, I have all the income come in. Um, I have some very basic operating expenses. Um, I'm actually blessed to have not too many expenses. So I keep that percentage pretty low, mm-hmm. um, mostly around like 5%. Sometimes it's even less, um, but around 5%. Um, then I also have money that I set aside for taxes and I do 15% on that. Um, and then I also do money that I set aside for profit, uh, which is 15% as well. Okay. Uh, and then the rest, I just 
bring home as, as uh, my paycheck, essentially. Okay. Um, and I do that every two weeks. So I didn't, I didn't write uh, any of that down. And I'm, you know, I have, <laughs> I have memory issues. So I want to make sure we do the math though. So we can give a percentage of what you take home. Do I have to do the math? Or do you know that on off the top of your head? What I take home, it's like, it would be 35. Uh, so it's like 65%. 65%? Okay. Okay. Something Thank you like for not making me do all that math in my head. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so you take home 65%. What do you do with the profit? How do you, how do you treat that profit? So the profit itself. So I have three separate accounts personally. One is just like an operating account. So all the income goes in there. All of the expenses come out of there. It's just how it goes. Okay. Um, I have another account that's for taxes and taxes only. Mm -hmm. And then I have another account that has like my base business emergency fund mm -hmm. and then anything above that um is my quote-unquote profit it's almost like a sinking fund mm -hmm. kind of thing like you had mentioned earlier okay cool um and the way that i use the profit is and i don't know if this is the the way you should be doing it but this is what i've been doing and it's been working for me um as that money grows over time because I don't, you know, I don't take away from it every every month or every week. Like I let it grow over yep. time, um, and as that money does grow, if there's something that I want to invest into for the business, such as hiring a coach, such as getting a new laptop, or getting, you know, I just just on Christmas evening, um, I couldn't take it anymore. I've been wanting this this uh, like paper tablet, this note taking paper tablet thing. Uh, it's called Remarkable, mm -hmm. and I couldn't take it anymore, and I ended up pulling the trigger. It was 450 bucks, and you know I, I invested in that because it's going to help my business be even better, and it's going to help me have more ease with things. Um, so I use it to invest into the business okay. to where I don't need to use my own personal money. The business can essentially just pay for it, mm -hmm. which is really nice, and my wife loves that. <laughs> um, and then another thing that I do as well is that if there is some, you know, there's not too much that I need to invest into in say a quarter, you know, so three months. Um, if there's not anything that I'm like looking at them like, yeah, I really need this or, or I want this or anything like that. Uh, let's just pretend that there might be, um, I don't know, uh, $3,000 in this profit account over after three months, just as a nice round number. Uh, if that's the case, if after that three months, I wouldn't want to just clear it out completely because then maybe month four, there is something that I want to invest into the business mm -hmm. for. Um, but I do want to take something from that. It's almost like a bonus mm -hmm. to me. A reward. Uh, so what, yeah, ex exactly. Mm -hmm. Just like rewarding myself. Mm -hmm. um, so what I do is I take half of that. So if it was 3000, I take 1500, bring it home, which my wife also likes. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, the other 1500 can sit in there and continue to grow until the next quarter. Awesome. Uh, yeah. It's so that's, very similar. That's how I do my yeah. It is very similar to what he talks about. Um, one of the additions that he throws in there, it's been a long time since I've read the book. Um, uh, but I remember he talks about like having profit share, right. For the people who are invested in your business. So in your case, it would be your wife and kid who are investing in the business because, you know, they're, they're sacrificing time with husband and dad, 
while you're out working and stuff. And so that that $1,500 that just came home that you referenced would be split among the people who are the shareholders. So like you'd get 500 and your wife would get 500 and your daughter would get 500 type of thing. Or, you know, you'd get 700 because you were higher owner, <laughs> so on and so forth. Right. Maybe your daughter gets, you know, 200. Uh, but the whole concept there is that they also get rewarded for their sacrifice in your business, their investment, if you will, in your business. And so that actually gets them excited about helping you to continue doing what you're wanting to do. So that is one small thing that is a little bit different. And of course, given my background in behavior and psychology, it's like that, that actually really resonated with me. Cause I'm like, yeah, that, that makes really good sense to reward that, which we want to be repeated. Um, so yeah, it's very, very similar to that. I do want to make sure that I rewind a little bit and let our, our listeners know that it is so important. We, we totally missed this at the beginning. It is so important to keep your, your um, business money separate from your personal money. Uh, so if, if you are listening to this today and you have not done that yet, if you have, forget, forget the four accounts that Cody just mentioned. If you have all of your coaching income going into your personal accounts, stop it. <laughs> do not do that anymore. I mean, it's not very often that we're prescriptive on this podcast, but that is one thing that I'm going to say, please stop doing that uh, for several reasons. One of them is to keep things separate. Like you don't want to commingle. You don't want to get your business stuff. You know, you don't want to risk your personal stuff and assets by screwing up with your business like that. That is something you don't want to do. But also it helps you to stay in control. It helps you to stay organized. It helps you to be more intentional with what you're doing. And that's ultimately what we're wanting to do. So please separate those accounts right now. If you are feeling overwhelmed with the number of accounts that Cody mentioned, or I mean, Cody, you only mentioned four accounts. I'm pretty sure Mike mentioned like, I don't know, seven or something like that. So, you know, if you guys are hearing this and you're overwhelmed with the number of accounts you have to open, I get that but just at least open one, one business account <laughs> that you can keep everything separate from. And you're at the beginning of a new year, just start now, okay? All right, so that's me being as prescriptive as probably ever gonna be on this podcast. Um, once you've done that though, there should be some sort of way to keep track of those different things that you're wanting to put money aside for. And Cody mentioned that he has a separate account. That's really, really good for somebody who has no other way of really keeping track of things. If you're not into Excel spreadsheets, if you're not into, um, you know, just little post-it notes that tell you different things, then having a separate account is a really good tool, especially if you're the type of person who opens your phone and says, how much is in there? Can I spend that amount of money? So you're doing that with yep. specific ones, like specific categories like profit and taxes yep. so that you don't accidentally spend your tax bill money, right? Um, and right. then your operating expenses. And you mentioned the emergency fund, but you mentioned that that was kind of part of your profit. You just leave a base amount in there for your emergency fund. Am I following yeah, this correctly? So, so, okay. Yeah, so I actually only have three accounts. Oh, three, um, okay. Sorry. And yeah, the, the, the emergency fund and the profit are together. I just basically treat it like a sinking okay. fund. Um, so, you know, there would be like a base number yeah. and that's like my emergency fund. Okay. And then anything above that is your profit number. is the profit. Okay. Yeah. And then your taxes and then your OPEX. And yes. you just pay yourself yep. out of your OPEX one. Yep. Okay. 
All right. So I'll have the income come in, the expenses go out and I'm like, okay, cool. You know, um, set aside 15% for, for profit, 15% for taxes before the expenses go out rather. Uh, and then the rest that's left over, I take home as a, as a check essentially. Okay, cool. Um, so one of the things that I do is that that form that I told you I created for the direct sales stuff, it is set up in a way where you can add a bunch of categories. And so I actually just have, um, my categories are separated. So I do have a few OPEX categories within that account, but there's also, you know, a column, if you will, for the profit. There's a column for taxes and there was already a built-in column for paying myself. And so I'm able to operate everything out of one account rather than having to switch everything out. Mm. Having said that though, I mean, it's a, it's a pretty robust tool in that sense, but it's still and, and I actually built in a lot of psychological, psychological things like, you know, when it, when there's one, um, for example, you can put money aside in the taxes or in the profit. And if you spend against it, it turns red, you know, to kind of warn you, like this is, there's not enough there. There's also, it allows you to see what money is not yet allocated. So it's kind of like a, a warning, like, Hey, you've allocated all of this, but not this part over here. And, and you and I know that unallocated money typically just gets wasted, right? So it's just like, let's just go ahead yeah. and put it where it belongs. So that's yeah. part of this thing too. Uh, but what it can't do is keep you accountable, <laughs> right? Like it can't, it can't keep you from spending. If you're not on there looking at what is there, then you can't, it's not going to, it's not going to ring at you and say, sorry, you can't do that. Whereas having separate accounts physically will not allow you to overdraw on that one particular thing. And it won't, you know, it, so it just depends on how, how your mind works and what kind of built-in accountability you need. Uh, for me, it was just easier than creating seven different accounts and, you know, having to, to do all of those. Um, but I've gotten really good at just not touching it. Because the money's it, sell, it tells me exactly it's broken down exactly what's there for what and I've just gotten really good at being okay with that and not not having to move it around so um, so yeah I mean I think that whatever is going to work is what the best approach is for somebody um, the percentages what about for someone what about for someone who's just starting out yeah and they're like they're like okay well you know I am just thinking about this you know I just got my bank accounts opened or I just started, whatever it might be, they're in the very beginning stages. Mm -hmm. um, and they're like, they're, maybe they have the question of, well, there is this coaching program that I would like to invest into. Maybe it's the new money habits uh, masterclass, mm -hmm. who knows? Mm -hmm. uh, maybe it's something else. Shameless plug. Uh, shameless plug. <laughs> um, <laughs> but maybe there is something that they want to invest, invest into. It could be a coaching program, it could be a laptop, it could be a number of things. Yeah. Um, they don't have any income. Great question. With, with, the, with the business, you know, how do they, how do they develop, like how to go about getting that money and how much of it and all of that kind of stuff? Yeah. What do you think? Those are great questions. Uh, I'm going to preface it by saying that I am not a tax expert. And so anything that I say, please check with your tax person because I do not want to get in trouble <laughs> with any of this. Um, but I can just tell you some of the things that I personally have done and what I've helped walk other clients through as well. And that is 
uh, there's two two different ways. One is to just start with what you have, right? So um, a lot of the clients, they say, well, I don't want to go into debt in order to start a business. Okay, so that's fair enough. So if that's the case, then you have two options. One is you can only spend as you bring in. So if you're wanting to invest in a coaching program, you're probably going to have to go out and get some clients first, if that's going to be the case. I have found that a lot of people are, they struggle with that. They're like, well, that's what I need the coaching for. I need the coaching to figure out how to go out and get those clients, how to market, how to speak and, and all of that stuff. And so if that's the case, then you're looking at investing your own personal capital into your business. And one of the things that I do with individuals and couples is say, okay, first of all, there's nothing wrong with investing into a business. Nothing wrong with that. And so if you decide as a couple or if you're single, just on your own, that you want to invest a certain amount of money into your business, it's an opportunity for growth. And I think that's really fantastic. But be intentional about it. I think one of the biggest struggles that someone has is that they're cheap. <laughs> I say that and giggle about it because it's all about scarcity, right? We get to a spot where we're like, we, we just... We just learned how to not spend on just about anything that wasn't, quote, a necessity for ourselves. And then someone says, well, this is going to cost this amount of dollars. And you're like, yeah, I'm not willing to do that. Or they're like, I'm going to do the cheapest thing possible and I'm going to spend that right now. And then they don't keep their stuff separate. And so what happens is they buy, you know, a laptop from their personal stuff. Then they go and buy um you know, a couple of online programs because they're the cheaper ones. Online programs are always cheaper than the one-to-one -one programs. I started doing that and I realized I wasn't getting the results that I wanted because that was just reading a book and not actually being held to the fire, right? Um, and so they start, if they haven't done what we said earlier about keeping their money separate, they end up investing way more in their business because they never kept track of it. So that's one problem. Yep. And the other problem is they don't give themselves permission to invest anything because all they're looking at is, well, I can't afford this. I can't afford this. They, they can, they just have decided they can't afford anything. Right. So Which is the paralysis by analysis. Yes. Yes. And so one of the tricks, if you will, that has worked really well for individuals is to decide ahead of time, what amount am I willing to invest from my personal stuff into my business? What amount personal capital am I able to put in there? For some people, it's $5,000. For some people, it's 10. For some people, it's 20. And so we talk about if you're, now don't just go do this if you're going to go and spend 20 grand on junk, right? Don't do this. But if you have, if you're working with somebody and you're able to say, I'm going to hold myself accountable, don't just do, you know, $1,000 here and $3,000 there. Do it in one big chunk or three or four intentional chunks. So if it's big number like $20,000, maybe you invest $5,000 a quarter into your business. And you actually put the money in that account. And here's where you're gonna need an accountant, because I don't know what that really looks like on the tax side. Uh, like, how do you, what do you call that, right? How do you pay yourself back if you wanna pay yourself back, all that. So talk to an accountant about that. But that's not what we're here for. What we are here for is the habit of getting into I'm going to put the percentages aside. I'm going to decide ahead of time what I'm going to spend. I'm going to train my brain to see how much is there and what I can do from there. And obviously you don't want to just deplete the $20,000. The idea there, or the $5,000, whatever number, the idea there is to build upon it. You want to use the investment to go out and figure out how to bring clients into your business. 
so that you have an income stream. And then you can start applying those percentages and these habits to that income stream. And you can decide whether you're going to pay yourself back as if it was a bank loan, right? You could do that with interest if you wanted to. Um, you can decide whether you're just not gonna do that and you're just gonna write it off as a loss. That's where the tax person is going to come into play. But um, I like teaching people how to ask ask the right questions first. <laughs> know what to ask your tax person, uh, but don't take specific advice from me on that. Yeah, I, I love the idea of predetermining what you're willing to invest. Um, that way, like it's not scary. Yeah, and it's guiltless. Like, yeah, yeah, like like the this this big scary monster is exposed, and it turns out that it's actually just Sully from Monsters. Yeah, the he's a big old yeah, great analogy. You know, like yeah, like it's not anything crazy. You know, and and you expect to do it too. Like it's something that you're just you're stepping into with confidence, yes. which I think is something that you want to have when you invest into yourself or your business at any point is that that confident feeling. You know, rather than feeling timid mm -hmm. about it. Um, and another thing that I have done too is like not only just determining like okay like how much am I willing to to invest, but I also try and gauge on like what's like the the risk slash reward aspect of this, or yes. or in another way of saying it too is like, well, if I were to invest into this, how many potential clients would I need to have, or um, how much income would I need to generate? in order for it to pay for itself, in order for it to essentially be paid off, if you wanna think about it that way. Um, so for example, I, uh, I had a business coach that I invested into recently, and it ended up being around $7,500 total. And um, that was one of the larger investments that I've made um, overall in myself or in the business. So it was a little scary, but I felt confident about it. And I was like, I think this is the right move. And I basically broke it down to where I was like, okay, well, if I, you know, hop in here and he's telling me that he's going to help me restructure my pricing and all this kind of stuff, you know, this, this could potentially be paid for in two clients. Mm -hmm. And if I, if I can't get two clients in 90 days uh, using this program, then that's on me. That's not on anyone else. That's on me. Mm -hmm. Um, so I took that risk because I, t I made those calculated results and took the, took the step to do it and it paid off mm -hmm. and not only with just two clients, but more than two clients. Mm -hmm. Um, so there was a real return on it. Um, so, you know, that was like a combination of like, okay, I'm willing to, to invest this much a what's the risk and reward B and what are like the actual, like tangible um, numbers mm -hmm. that go into it mm -hmm. to kind of get that like return on investment? Um, C, and that I think that if you were to do all three of those, you can't really lose because if you do lose, it's on it's on you, and you just learn from it. Mm -hmm. Well, and and I'm gonna you know? I. <laughs> You all know we never we never rehearse any of this. So I'm going to push back a little bit and say amen to all of that. I'm going to use I'm going to change the word lose, though, not because I don't think our listeners can handle losing, but because I want to make sure that there's there's two things I want to talk about. One is that idea that you just said about going um, and, and you got more than two clients. There's this 
thing that happens in our heads. And I think we touched on this with regard to our clients in our last episode, where what, like, at what point do you not try to tell yourself, well, I could have gotten those two clients myself, right? You start to realize that um, I, I did all these things and, and I, yeah, I paid for these guys. We, we start to get pretty cocky sometimes, right? We start to go, I could have done that without this program. So why would I have invested in it? But what you really realize is that because of the tools and tricks that you learned from that program, that you were able to get those two clients, three clients, four clients at the prices that you were able to bring them in, right? Um, so I just want to make sure that our listeners are hearing that much like our, our, clients that we talked about in the last one where they start to get somewhere and then they say, I'm done with coaching because I can do this on my own. I want to want to make sure that our listeners understand that just because you got some results doesn't mean you would have gotten those same results had they not, had you not invested. Okay. But the part about the losing is I have gone into coaching programs where I didn't get the result, the, the tangible result that I had hoped that I got. And some of that was absolutely on me in the sense that I didn't necessarily do all of the things in the amount of time because maybe like we've had a lot of life circumstances happen and, and those things happen. But I never ever felt like I lost. I never felt like it was a bad investment. And the reason I say that is because sometimes those investments had led me to new people that I ultimately ended up investing in. Um, and so there's that. Also, you cannot take back all of the lessons that were learned, whether they were personal, uh, mental, physical, all of those lessons that happen when you invest in yourself, those I couldn't take back. So even if I didn't have a client or 10 clients or however many I wanted from that particular coaching package, the growth that happened was my return on investment. And so it was mm -hmm. never a loss. Even the ones where I invested in people who I later on found out, like, oh, those are not my people. Like, I, I don't have the same value system as them. That lesson alone was worth the $1,500 because now I understand. I understand about target marketing. I understand that, <laughs> that they're watching certain things, and I have to be more careful about choosing who I invest in and so on and so forth. So if something has not gone the way you thought it was going to, please, please, please don't say, well, that was a stupid investment. Learn from it so that it becomes a wise investment. That's all. Yep. Yep. A hundred percent. That's exactly it. Even if it's not something that is exactly the way that you expected, you can always take something away from it. Yeah. Always. Yeah, absolutely. Well, very cool. I think that as a, as a recap, we've talked about making sure you separate your finances from business and personal, keeping those completely separate. We talked about being intentional with your money. We talked about um, using percentages versus flat dollar amounts. And we talked about the concept of putting profit and yourself ahead of just all of the things that you think that you need. Um, and so I want to just, I guess there's one more thing that we didn't talk about. And that was the part about if you don't have money to invest, how do you get going first? And it really is just starting with what you have. And so even if you don't have a lot of money, go ahead and create a separate account for yourself. Um, 
find something that's free that doesn't have a lot of fees attached to it, especially for minimum balances, because if you don't have anything to start with, you're not going to have anything. And then go back to our other episodes where we talked about having beta clients for less money than normal. Start building your uh, your clientele that way and every little penny that you get put it in as income don't if someone tips you like that's happened before where you give them free coaching and they feel like they got value so they're going to tip you for that they give you 50 bucks or whatever take that 50 bucks and put it into that separate account because we want to make sure that you're you're identifying people handing money to you for your services and just start with what you have you have knowledge you have grit start there uh, be intentional with it and you're good yeah, absolutely. I also lastly just want to throw out as we wrap this up, um, we have seen uh, a decent amount of people join our um, Facebook group as of late, yeah. uh, which has been really cool to see. You know, it's a it's a smaller but mighty Facebook group <laughs> uh, and it's growing on, you know, every week. And, um, you know, we're just super blessed to have everyone there and um, to, to see everyone kind of come in and, and start a conversation and start interacting with each other and even hop on our monthly meetup calls with us as mm -hmm. well. Um, it's a really cool thing to see. So if you're listening and, um, you know, you're, you're looking for a place to, to just belong, um, with, with some more like-minded coaches, uh, you're, you're welcome. You're welcome to join our, our group. Uh, the group is called new money, new money habits, financial coaches. Um, so just, you know, hop in there introduce yourself and uh, let's have some fun. You bet. So. Thank you for that. Mm -hmm. All righty guys, that concludes today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure to listen next week as well as we uh, unpack some fun topics there as well. So enjoy your week. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Financial Coaches Podcast brought to you by New Money Habits and Sizemore Financial Coaching. Submit your questions to our host by emailing podcast at newmoneyhabits.com. Be sure to subscribe to be notified of future episodes and join our growing group of like-minded coaches on Facebook. And until next time, happy coaching. Music provided by Summer School.